here's what it was. It was a fried egg with homemade pesto parmesan and a hand-pressed house sausage patty, which I subbed with a veggie sausage. It was very good. I'm just not a pesto. I'm just not a pesto guy. You think pesto? <coughs> pesto? No, I got no gusto for pesto. Do you know I have nine people going with me to see Nope? Oh my god, when is it out? Friday. Oh. Biggest fucking movie of the year, and it's Friday. What, what do you mean, when is it out? You should be there the first show. I... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be the first show. It'll probably be that weekend, though. I'm going Saturday, 11.30 a.m. I've got eight other people going with me, and I've got one, two, three, four, or five maybes. Like, as of right now, we have a whole row to ourselves. So everyone in that row is going to be fucking cool. Like, that's the nice thing about this. You know, just because we started the show late, and this is how we can go in, doesn't mean that I realized we started the show late. I was sitting here and I was like, what the fuck is in my kitchen? She shouldn't be able I didn't realize it was almost 10 o'clock. <laughs> so thanks for that one. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Listen. Because this is how we'll really go into the show. I really feel I'm one up on you right now in terms of anything we could do to one another because I just want to read a quick little text message last night. It's the last thing I read on my phone before I dropped off to sleep. And it just reads at 1039 p.m. Dog, it has taken me five hours to get through 30 minutes of The Eternals. The first 30 minutes literally like stared at it and just like went to just a me. You just fell asleep. Give me a second. Oh, it's Brian Tyree Henry. Okay. What? What are you talking about? Nothing. I called him by the wrong name this morning. Oh, fair enough. You didn't, like, use a name from, like, one of the other guys in Atlanta, did you? Winston Duke in Atlanta? No, Winston Duke is not in Atlanta. You're good. No, he's in Black Panther. Oh, although I can see why you would totally get those two connected. Yeah, no, Brian Tyree Henry, I like uh, more than Winston Duke. So. Although Winston Duke is crazy good in Us. He's underrated, yeah. Like, no, he great. might actually should have deserved a supporting Oscar nomination, what he kind of does in that movie. I love both of them. I'm not going to... Oh, it's, it's, that movie doesn't work if all four of the people who are the main cast don't work. That we and should make two brothers with Brian Tyre Henry and Winston Duke as the two brothers. That's actually kind of a genius idea. Just like go to both of them like right now and be like, look, both of you are nice, cuddly, soft daddies. I want to turn you into hard daddies by the end of this. And they'd be like, what do you mean? It's like you guys are going to work out separate. And every once in a while, I'm going to come by and I'm going to tell you, boy, Tyre Henry's getting real ripped. And you're going to be like, what? And it's like, yeah, Duke, that's what I heard. Heard Brian Tyre Henry's getting real ripped. And I'm going to go to Brian Tyre Henry and just tell him, man, I hear Duke is just getting in crazy shape. That way they both go after each other. That's what Wolfgang Peterson did on the set of Troy. He went to Pitt and told him Banna was working out. And he went to Banna and told him Pitt was working out crazy hard. That's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to get two brothers off the ground.
welcome everybody to TWGTF, or as everybody knows it from the courtrooms of Los Angeles to space, I don't know, everywhere, South Dakota. I don't fuck that movie's in a lot of places. This is Two White Guys Talking Film. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Ben. And I'm Tyler. To quote Michael Madsen in the movie Kill Bill when he's talking to L. Driver after he puts a double dose of rock salt into Woody Uma Thurman's tits and puts her down. This moment right here, ladies and gentlemen, just after we get past this Roman J. Israel Esquire and Ben makes a major confession to Tyler about something in this movie, saying, I just bagged me the cowgirl that's never been bagged. This is finally me getting him to watch The Eternals. This is, this is a big day for old Ben. He's, he's pretty excited about it. Not for nothing, but I feel like I stepped into like a Bugs Bunny-esque trap where the rope is pulled and I'm slung over a tree, you know, and I'm hanging yeah. upside down. Yeah. I mean, no intention to kill you, just just to mess with you now. This is this is like when Bugs Bunny fucks with the conductor for four or 20 minutes. Let's just get through it. Best thing you saw this week. Oh, good question. Best thing I saw this week. I always have my profile open to like look at it, and then I never, I never do. I guess I'm going to go with the only movie that won't spoil something that we're going to do later in the year, and that is Marie Antoinette. Rewatch Marie Antoinette. Good movie. I mean, it is a strong, strong, now in my eyes, contender for like what would be in her for. Yeah, I think it's on the outside looking in for me, personally. Um, I mean, this could easily change at any point. What's what's your one? Having now seen all of her feature films, I think my number one is somewhere. That is such a fucking Tyler pick. Yeah, I think it goes. I think not to not to spoil it, but yeah, I think somewhere in Virgin Suicides, that's the one too. I think it's Virgin for me. I think it is. I understand why you like somewhere, and honestly, I think somewhere might be like a soft five, if not four, depending on like. I still have to watch The Beguiled and stay awake. I, I have oh. yet to watch that movie and not fall asleep. What a picture. I've heard the beguiled is great. I've heard it's, it's great. I just, it's I good. just haven't been able. I mean, it's, it has everything I should want in a movie. It has Colin Farrell. It has Nicole Kidman in a serious, not like winking at the camera drama, and it's got like four of like the younger, better like actresses of that time. Like in a movie by Sofia Coppola, based on a movie that everything about it should work for me. I just cannot stay awake during that movie. It is also a movie made in 2017. That made me say, this is Colin Farrell's year. What else was 2017 for old for old CF? A movie that we're going to talk about today and Killing of a Sacred Deer. Wow, he broke off all three of those in a year. Mm-hmm. So wait, he works with Lanthimos, Gilroy, and so Coppola people. in the same year. Damn, that if that is not... It's a run, dude. Have we done any? Have we done any of those movies? Well, other than Roman J. Israel Esquire, I don't think so. That's true. Well, we still haven't done that one. Not All right, yet, maybe no. we make that a du- maybe we make that the other double. We'll call it Run, Call, and Run. Yeah, maybe we do that. I like that actually. The idea of like putting together like almost kind of a comprehensive look at like that year because you're not wrong. Like, I mean, I don't know about this. Mo- we'll talk about it for this movie tonight. But let's look at the other two. You have The Beguiled, which I've looked at and I'm like, that feels like a really over the top performance, but like. 
he's still kind of nailing it. At least what it, I remember. Oh, it's it's a great performance. I remember being a great performance because it's this guy who is attempting to woo all of these women. And then in the process of like making them all fall in love, gets on the, their bad side and gets like fucking absolutely tortured. It's great. The Beguiled is a wonderful little story. I would say you should pair it with the original Beguiled just to see like the small little differences. Okay. And the other movie he does is Killing of a Sacred Deer. I mean, I'll say it. I think Killing of a Sacred Deer is honestly like until he does The Lobster, maybe his best movie. They came after The Lobster, Ben. Did The Lobster come out before Killing of a Sacred Deer? Yeah, it goes Lobster, Killing of a Sacred Deer, and then The Favorite. Lobster's 2015. Because Lobster was originally a Paramount movie. It got dropped. Oh, okay. Well, then I, then I will say this. I think Killing of a Sacred Deer is his second best performance only to The Lobster. Like, there's a real, like, inner beauty to the character in The Lobster, but, like, there's an inherent ugliness that no one else has really seemed to brought out of uh, Colin Farrell and the way he brings him out in Killing of a Sacred Deer. He's pretty ugly in The Beguiled. I still haven't watched it enough to not see it. I, I know he's a scumbag. I know that. So this is like almost in the run of like scumbag Colin Farrell. Because he's a fucking scumbag in this too. Oh my God, they're all scumbags. It's scumbag Farrell. It's scumbag Farrell, but we'll talk about it in, in the, this movie. He kind of comes around. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. Okay, so Marie Antoinette, see it. Good movie. <laughs> we yeah. didn't talk about it yeah. much. Good movie. Did we do well, a couple? You know why? You know, why? you know why? No, we haven't done one for her yet. We're we're gonna get to her. Let's actually let's I think see. We've done most of her movies, right? I don't think we have. I think you're I think you're way overestimating what we've got we did, for. I thought we did somewhere. We've I done somewhere. We... I'm not saying. Okay, I remember because I what remember somewhere was one of those where like I almost gave it five stars and you were like, yeah, it's like two and a half. <laughs> Like three. It's an early episode, I'll grant you. I know that. What did you pair somewhere with? Strange days, you fucking weirdo. Oh, it was underrated, underrated work in a director's filmography. Yeah, I, I would argue that those are two underrated movies. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I don't think somewhere is the masterpiece you do. I mean, Strange Strange Days is a perfect movie. Oh my god. Someone scanned the like like a thirty five millimeter print of the Strange Days um, opening, the like trailer, mm-hmm. and oh yeah. god, it's it, I'm like this is an amazing trailer, but I also understand why this movie made fucking nothing at the box office. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's totally understandable. It's just it's just Ralph Fiennes looking at the camera, just being like, "You're you fucking suck. <laughs> you know me. You come to me. You want drugs from me." I'm like, yeah, I can see people watching that and being like. Mm. Okay, we've got it. We're going to end. We'll, we'll cut this out. Stanley Kubrick's next. John Carpenter's after that. Sophia Coppola, Nancy Myers. Oh, babe. Nancy Myers. Oh, baby. Nancy Myers is going to be a funny one, I think. I have a, I have a lot of faith that the 180th episode is going to be very funny. <sighs> and then we have to do a very sad one. We have to do Satoshi Khan. Yeah. Here's the thing about Satoshi Khan. It's really an excuse just to talk about Perfect Blue again. But we are going to also watch his uh, miniseries that he did. Psycho. 
uh, paranoia agent, I think. Paranoia agent. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah, because after that is Spike Lee, and that's like 26. I figured we'd do Con because it's like, oh, I can watch all of those in a weekend. Yeah, I can. When, yeah. Like, yeah, when it's like with like Spike Lee, it's like I want to have 10 weeks to make sure I watch everything of his. We actually might take the break at Con and then just be like, we'll be back in three weeks. And it's like those three weeks, it's like, yeah, we're just going to watch every Spike Lee movie. I was going to say, today I'm probably going to watch a couple movies. Probably going to turn on, uh, if I can find it, Barry Lyndon. I kind of need to start those. Yeah, I'm going to pair that with Fleshpot of 48th, 42nd Street. I don't know what that is, buddy, but you you have fun, okay? The Andy Milligan joint. I'm gonna go see Andy Milligan's Seeds tonight, and the the guy who wrote the book, the ghastly one about Andy Milligan's gonna be there, and he's selling books in the lobby. I'm gonna buy a book. Andy Milligan, my favorite. I don't I don't know what that is. You're gonna <laughs> when when we do another something weird, it's gonna be an Andy Andy Milligan. You're gonna watch. I'm force. I'm gonna force you to watch Andy Milligan. Okay, movie. I don't. I don't care. Everything you show me has value. Trust me. You Does get it? to show me something that I've like been like, that I've been like, wow, this is some innocuous bullcrap that just feels like it's feeding into the mass general want. I mean, like I did that to you tonight, but like, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a choice. Which would you like, Tyler? A John Carpenter story, or a reexamination of a 2000s comedy? You know what, Ben? I'm going to go with the reexamination of a 2000s comedy, and I think you can save that John Carpenter story for a later date. The best part is when they'll hear the infighting about how we do it at the end <laughs> of the show. I, I think I could save that story, actually. Have you seen Down With Love? I've always meant to, because it is definitely someone, a movie that I probably would like. You sit her ass down tonight when you get home. You put on HBO Max, and you show her this. Well, probably not tonight, but soon, yes. I'm not kidding you, dude. This movie is so ahead of its time. And not unlike Strange Days, you look at this movie and you go, I can see why that movie didn't make any money. <laughs> Nobody gets the joke. I don't think people got the joke of what they were doing with this movie. Uh, I've heard that it's kind of like a... Um, it's supposed to be like a... 50s technicolor rom-com it's a take on that but they know they know that it's happening mm, interesting it's like self-aware is the interesting. weird thing interesting interesting, interesting. I'll, I'll say this i have a feeling that if what they say the barbie movie is going to be which i don't know what you've heard about that i've seen a lot and i've heard very little you know what I mean? I do. They say the Barbie movie is going to be, like, self-aware. Like, in some capacity. I, so you know what? I'm here for it. Yeah, that's me too. I think that's a really good idea. If that is true, this would probably be a perfect pairing with it. It's so funny. Like, here's the thing, too. Like, McGregor does the, like, does, like, kind of acknowledges he's bad at accents and does, like, the worst accent, but they cover it by him being, like, I'm British in real life. Like, it's so funny. Like, I can't even get into, like, I'll, I'll say this. Fucking Renee Zellweger should have won an Oscar for this. And I fucking hate Renee Zellweger. You know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Peyton mm -hmm. Reed totally makes sense why they sent him to move 
movie jail for so long. But at the same time, it's like, damn, that's a fucking swing if I've ever seen one. He took the um, the cachet of Bring It On and went straight to movie jail. Did not did not pass go. Did not collect hundred dollars. <laughs> no, he went straight to movie jail. But at the same time, too, like I get it. Man, like good for him. I'm glad he got to make a Marvel movie and make a lot of fucking money. Like this is a this is a swing. I don't know. He also made the breakup. Did he make that right after this? 2006. Okay, so his career goes Bring It On, Down With Love, The Breakup, Yes Man. Oh, he's got some bad movies after that. He's so he's a work for hire at that point. I mean, the breakup is fine. No, it's not. That movie is so fucking average. Yeah, I don't know. Yes Man isn't. Very good, in my opinion. I've, I've never seen. There's a point where I check out of Jim Carrey kind of for the most part. It was supposed to be like the the comeback for Jim Carrey. So bringing it on's his first movie. Yeah, well for him. Bring, bring it, it on's on, great. Down with love. Oh, dude, it's so weird seeing Peyton Reed because he does like an interview for Bring It On, and he has hair, and you're just like, who the hell? <laughs> Remember me as I was with hair. What kind of uh, hair does he have? I'm trying to. He has like, I remember it being like kind of long hair. It's, but it's like very. I remember it being like kind of long, long, longer than I thought it would be, and also very stringy up on top, where it's just like, come on, dude. Who are you? Interesting. Fooling? Down with love. It deserves a reexamination. It has an incredibly early Sarah Paulson performance and a like for the ages David Hyde Pierce performance. That's the thing too. Everyone in the movie gets the joke. Like, nobody in the movie is trying to do it a different way. I forgot what I was going to say. I was, I I was going to have a follow-up question, and my brain decided no. Well, good. We can move on to the main event. Des- decided to not do that. It's cool. Oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. There you are, Twitter. Pull up the damn tweet. See when I wrote this tweet, too. Remember when I wrote the Eternals tweet? It was whatever fucking weekend that movie opened. Fuck. That Bad movie. movie. Yeah, it really is. Spoiler uh, alert. Yeah. You know, it's not a spoiler alert that the first movie we have to talk about is both very interesting and, in one guy's opinion on this show, very flawed. It comes from 2017 and stars Denzel Washington and Colin Farrell. In my opinion, that has a title as complicated as the plot itself. Even though it lost me at times, one thing that never did was Washington in the title role. I'm not sure I 100% agree with Ben from 3319 who watched this. Truly a master of taking flawed characters and capturing a viewer's attention. That part I do agree with. Decent second film from Gilroy. I'm not 100% sure if it's decent, but I'm actually also more intrigued by it than I was back then. This is, of course, the 2017 film from Dan Gilroy, starring, as once again mentioned, Denzel Washington as the titular Roman J. Israel Esquire, and in the supporting role, Colin Farrell. This is Roman J. Israel Esquire. Roman. Hey, Roman. Where are you going? Where are you going? MLK. No, I'll give you a ride. I'd rather walk. Come on, Roman. Just want to talk. 
William taught at Terminal Hill. That's where we met. I was uh, top of my class. Potential's a bitch. And I'll tell you what's not is having four officers and 60 people working for you. He picked me because I tossed him work. You know, loser cases I didn't want. I was, I was too busy to handle this. Closing his office, it's, it's payback. I'll collect a fee. Look, it just so happens I could use someone with your ability and your power of persuasive argument. And I'll pay you twice what William gave you. What do you say? What makes you different from this car? Whoa! Really? Okay. I'm gonna tell you something I think may both surprise and disappoint you. I got a kickback from William for every single case I gave him. Bullshit. I have the records. Apparently, you've been untouched by the messy business of running a small criminal defense firm. Was it wrong? On some level, sure. Does it diminish what he did? Hell no. No, it allowed him to keep the doors open. It kept you two going. And to this day, I still remember quotes from his class. Of that voice, what is tolerance? It is the consequence of humanity. We are all formed of frailty and error. Let us pardon reciprocally each other's follies. That is the first law of nature. So what do you say we just forget the past and move forward? Pull over. What are you gonna do? I'll uh, continue in criminal litigation. <sighs> it's a bitch of a market. What if you can't find something? What? For argument's sake, if you can't find a firm to take you on, what's next? There is no next. There is no argument's sake. There's underwear model or activist attorney. There is no next. bring someone in? Are you asking me or are you telling me? Jackson had a guy drafted all his memoranda. Uh, I think he's a bit of a savant. I don't like that I saw myself in Roman J. Israel Esquire. Is that weird? <laughs> no, that's the no. confession, I guess, if we're getting if we're getting at that, because I think I'm a little on the spectrum like he is. And I'm just like, hmm. So I have a friend who in stature is pretty similar to Roman J. Israel Esquire in that they are a a tall and large African-American man with an afro. And I took him to see Roman J. Israel Esquire and another friend, and he didn't know anything about it. And it wasn't like when Roman comes on screen, he just like looked at me and he's just like, you motherfucker. And I also didn't know anything about it. And I'm just like, I, sorry. (laughs) This guy... Uh, kind of looks like you. I'm sorry to do that to you. Uh, I'm sorry to do that to anybody. He's got some sort of like thing where he's on the spectrum, right? That's he's what's on going on here. Yes, I I think he has like. Was your friend on the spectrum? <sighs> no, my friend's not. On the spectrum. I don't. Not that okay. I know of. They just look similar. I would assume that he has like Aspergers or something, where he um, or like some sort of autism, where he's hyper focused on the law but like cannot cannot do not put this man in a courtroom <laughs> my I mean, man he says it. he goes i have no this. patience i have no yeah. patience for the courtroom did you like it more the second time yes yes i did yes i did it, it's not a whole lot more because also i'll say this too and this is the this is the part i don't know how you're gonna buck against but 
it's a little bit. Oh God, how do I put this nicely? I mean, don't we kind of tag movies like this for being like, hey, you should put someone who's like mentally on the spectrum, like in a role like this and don't hire a famous person. Like, don't get me I wrong. Mean, Denzel never really goes like to that place where you're just like, well, this is this is clearly mentally challenged face being put on right now. But like at the same time, it's like, shouldn't we be doing that? Like this is 2017. This was not that long ago. I mean, the thing about autism is that it's one of those things where it's like a lot of people have autism and have never been diagnosed. You know what I mean? Like it's it's something that like a lot of people have that is functional and it is different than to me as a person who is neurodivergent like a mentally challenged person like sam i am is offensive because it's like what it's called like, i am sam i am sam. whatever the fuck it's called i am sam and like all of those movies where uh, to me it's not offensive that they're doing a portrayal of a person with like mental illness it's that this portrayal is somehow supposed to be more powerful and it's supposed to garner more praise than if it wasn't a person with mental illness. The aspect of Denzel's Washington performance that I like, and I think the reason that he got the nomination isn't because he's playing a neurodivergent character. It is because he is embodying this character that happens to be neurodivergent. I think there's a fine line between it, and I think that this movie excels because it's not a movie about him being neurodivergent. It's not a movie about him being autistic. It's a movie in which the character happens to be autistic. Potentially. Like, we don't even really know. The movie doesn't say anything like that. It's just, it's up to the viewer's discretion. I mean, he's autistic. Like, I mean, yeah, if, like if you don't want to, yeah, like he is. But I mean, like, I appreciate what you're saying there. And actually, you know what? You've kind of gotten me on your side. I can take from the fact that this is not about a movie about him doing this because he's autistic. It's a movie that's him being autistic and he does something. I appreciate that. I can, yeah. I can agree with you on that. I am Sam and other movies in that realm. That's the name of it, right? It's not Sam. I am. It's I am Sam. No, it's I am Sam. I am Sam. Sam. I am is a much, much funnier version, but it's just like, they never acknowledge that he's mentally challenged. It's the ringer version of it. You're right. It is. Yeah. Sean Penn <laughs> like, did like a broad comedy and they're like, they're like, oh, this didn't work either. Ooh, we're going to edit this into a courtroom drama. I guess the problem with that type of movie is that it's just about this person being mentally challenged. Like, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but there really isn't any other character d details other than this person has Down syndrome. Oh, you, you're not, you're not lying. Don't get me wrong, too. Here's the other thing. And I thought about this, too. As I was laying on the couch, I kind of caught it from a scene where, like, he's eating one of his peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And there's a moment in it where I was like, oh, and this is what I really respect about his performance. Hanks, Farrell, Leto, all fat suits. I think Denzel legitimately got fat for this movie. Denzel got fat, or was fat, or is fat. And he also took out, he had like a, a, a spacer put in to close the gap in his teeth, and he took it out. Because the character has a gap in his teeth. <laughs> That's good. It's fucking, yeah. like, he uggs up for this. Like, this is, this is almost... I mean, his, I don't think he's his ugly, though. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> he but still I mean, looks like, like Denzel Washington. No, no, no. But you, you know what I mean. Yeah, 
yeah, you no, know he looks I, like you, he looks like he mean he 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 embodies the role of the character. Yeah, like he gets into it. Like that's one of the things I've always respected about Washington. Because like you look at him in like that black and white like tragedy of Macbeth, and you're like, damn, that's a handsome motherfucker right there. And you can see like people. You can see how I mean he's good looking like in this movie. Like he's not. Oh yeah. Ugly in any way because <laughs> it's still like. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not like a full like monster transformation, you know what I mean? It's still an attractive man who just happens to be a little bit larger. I don't know. I love this movie cuz it really harkens back to like like the old school morality noir and I if this is a movie made in the 40s, it would star Edward G. Robinson as like the 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 lefty like fucking lawyer who is corrupted by um money and and greed and the legal system and it just it it feels so old school feels so throwback it's just i don't know i love this movie do you want to tell them the other the other text i sent you while i was watching this yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna follow that up with something actually but we can put that in here so at about 208 Yesterday, I get a text from Tyler responding to me asking, 9.30 tomorrow still good? And he said, should be. And then he wrote, not to show my hand, but Roman J. Israel, greater sign than Nightcrawler. And I'm glad you want to get to that here, because I'm going to I'm gonna throw this in there to you. Budget, $22 million, Box office, $13 million. Suck it, Roman J. Israel Esquire. Who saw you? <laughs> Nobody. I'm not going to right. look at Nightcrawler. I'm not even going to look at Nightcrawler, just to, just to save myself the embarrassment. Ben, I want you but, to type um, in... I want you to type in the thing, and I want you to look at yes. that budget versus. I don't that need to look at that. Box I, don't, I don't need to look at that. What What does that have to do with this? How dare you drag him into this? I, I, there's a lot of movies where there's a lot of great movies where the budget exceeds the box office performance. Yeah, eh, maybe. I don't know about all that. Oh, oh Nightcrawler. Blade Runner. Nightcrawler, 50.3, budget 8.5. Yeah, you can suck it. I don't even need to bring other people into this. Okay, hold on. My, Blade bo- Runner. my boy's a powerhouse. My boy's a powerhouse. You're out of your mind. Now I could argue with you. I could see you making the argument that this is a better performance in a lead role directed by Dan Gilroy. I could see that. I could have that argued. Because I think he does something much different than like Gyllenhaal. He has to play the likable version of kind of like the same idea. Yeah, he has to play like the, the sort of like the likable version of a guy who gets corrupted by inherently kind of awful system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so the movie, it's a legal drama. And it starts with Roman narrating and typing out a brief of what would be a case where it is him versus himself being defended in the court of planetary law because, as we'll come to find out, he has broken a very major uh, ethics viol. He has done a very major ethics violation when it comes to being a lawyer. And we learn, flashing back, that he been a longtime lawyer focusing on civil rights this guy named William Jackson, who's a well-respected professor and lawyer, lawman, who focuses on kind of being like this flashy courtroom guy and working pro bono on low-income families and African-American people in Los Angeles. One day, I guess, when the movie starts, he just fucking collapses. He's had a heart attack. And 
Israel has spent years earning $500 a week, essentially writing the briefs and basically doing all of the like heavy lifting while William Jackson did all of the courtroom things. And it has been found out that that law firm has been running at a loss for years and that the only thing keeping it afloat was taking on cases from other firms that were too small for them to take on and also William Jackson being a a professor at the same time. And so the firm's going to close and Roman is without a job for a while. And he bounces around. He goes to a like a nonprofit legal organization in Los Angeles and tries to get a job there. And they're like, we're all volunteers. <laughs> and he's like, uh, understandable. Have a good day. He goes from like heartbreaking scene to heartbreaking scene, trying to keep his heart unchanged by the cruelty of like the, just the casual cruelty of the law system. This is, this is where I have my first big problem with this movie. Oh, yes. Fuck. Oh, what's her name? The the love interest. I don't know if she's a love interest. Yeah, I don't know what she is either, and that is fucking frustrating to me. So you know, um, I, it's Carmen Ijago who plays. Um, I think she's fucking terrible in this movie. Maya Elson. I greatly disagree with you. There's that scene that is so fucking. You know what this is? I just fucking cracked what this is, and not in every aspect, but it's enough to make me classify it as this. This is fucking Oscar bait. But this is actually Oscar bait that they bid at. Because this they is... gave him a nomination. No. Like, I don't disagree with you if this was made in, like, the 40s, that this would be fucking incredible. Here's the thing. Is it, because it... people would take all the mental defects as being like, oh, he's a guy on the edge or something. They wouldn't know what it was. I... But, like, now with what we know, it's, like, it's weird. Like, it's, it's Oscar bait, but they bid at it. I actually kind of respect that, too, because not a lot of movies can do that. I don't know if it. I mean, yeah, I guess it's Oscar bait. I, I think Oscar bait is sometimes used as as like a pejorative towards movies with like adult themes about things that are a little bit more difficult. It's, sometimes it's Oscar bait, you know what I mean? Like anytime I see a costume drama, I'm like, you're trying to win an Oscar now, aren't you? But like often, Oscar bait is how you fund a movie. You know what I mean? Like it's how you get production on a movie like this going. Is to be like, yeah, we'll probably get Denzel Washington an Oscar nomination. You know what I mean? Like, maybe we'll get some others. It's how a movie like this gets a budget of $22 million. I don't disagree with you at all. It's a good performance by him. I'm just saying, like, I also, like, I also want this movie to, I like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, here, you know what the other thing, too, is? It takes fucking forever to get to what's actually happening in the movie. Like, which I think is such a weird decision on Gilroy's part because he's so matter of fact in Nightcrawler, his previous film, where he's like on it, on it, on it. Nothing feels wasted. It's like with this, it's like by the time he gets the payoff, which we'll talk about in the second half, by the time that happens, it's like, Jesus Christ, there's an hour in this movie still. Like, you're like, what was the point? It just feels like they could have fast track stuff. But like, I also get that, like. You have to. I, I think you could cut her relationship completely, and nothing uh, no. changes in that movie. No, 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 no. no. D- completely disagree. I know why you can't cut it because it's actually like the one good thing keeping him honest to a certain extent until the turn. But like, it's, it's uh, what makes him realize that he's gone astray. You need. I get you, it. It's 
it's vital to the to the whole movie. I get it. I just it's just like fuck. Like I just like I don't know. It just needed to move quicker. By the time he gets that money, I'm kind of almost checked out to a certain extent. And to a certain extent, I can kind of understand that. I, I to me, this movie's just so interesting. I I think it's just a bit. Denzel's performance is so good. And Colin Farrell is so good in like the the you know the supporting role where it's just like I don't know, I love it. <laughs> like I love these types of movies. This kind of like shaggy. Oh, this is this is so for you. Is it? Yeah, no, you know that's the thing. Is like this movie's just fucking. It's Ty- this is Tyler Bates. Yeah, it's like it is weird. It is weird. He made kind of like a perfect movie for you. And like the one before, he kind of made a perfect movie for me. And then he made a movie for nobody in Bubba Buzzsaw. But... Actually, that's not true. I kind of deeply respect that swing. I mean, it is it is a swing, and they still have not called him back. Like I look at his filmography, and it ends with Velvet Buzzsaw. Make another movie, Dan Gilroy. We need three more, and then we can do a Mount Rushmore on you. And to me, okay. So here's the thing. <sighs> I. Love her casting as Maya, uh, Carmen Ijago, because she has played Coretta Scott King twice. Once in 2001 in Boycott, and again in 2014 in Selma. I think she's the perfect casting. I think she's really good in this role. I like her casting. I like her role. I like this movie. I'm, I'm happy for you. Defense rests its case. Now, my my esteemed colleague over there on the defense will have you believe that this movie is not a movie where a man goes and does, as they say in the movie Tropic Thunder, and I am quoting here, Your Honor, going full I will not allow that to be said here. This, this is clearly a case of Denzel doing the Forrest Gump, but having none of the charm. Your That's, Honor, I, just... I would like that stricken from the record. Also, objection. Also... Contempt? I don't. What else can I try and charge this man with? Now, Your Honor, I may be just a simple country lawyer, but here's what I know. I know that this movie in the 40s would have worked, but here now today, it does not. It is offensive, Your Honor. I don't know why this guy is standing up for the offensive part. But, um, no, it's like, it's good. Like, I like parts of it. I I deeply respect what they did here. It just doesn't work for me. I think that at its core, that's what I can say about it. If you were to bring this movie back in a year and say, hey, I want to do an episode where we do a reappraisal as one of our, like, and we pick two movies, like, from different episodes, not this and The Eternals, but, like, Roman J. Israel Esquire and something else. (laughs) Fuck off. I'm not watching The Eternals ever again. (laughs) You got me once. You're not going to be twice. Now it's a question of what do we do next? What do we get him next with? <laughs> Maybe that Joker sequel. That seems like you're going to hate the shit out of that. They should have never told anybody it was a musical. They should have just... Just... <laughs> just fucking... Done it? They should have just done it. Just do yeah, like right? New York, New York, and don't tell anybody. Honestly, I think that is kind of the genius. He just does every Joker movie as a parody of a Scorsese movie. I'd almost kind of respect it. What if the Joker in Las Vegas? It's Casino. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. What I if the Joker hate... was Jesus Christ? 
<laughs> fucking get him off the stage now. <laughs> what if the Joker was uh, was a was a, uh, a Spanish priest in Japan in the sixteen hundreds? He just gets tackled at that point. <laughs> Weirdly, it wasn't security; it was Martin Scorsese. What if Jesus? What if the what if Joker was a uh, was a uh, the Dalai Lama? Now I'm back in, actually. Now I'm, like, trying to pull Scorsese. I'm like, give him a minute. I want to hear what he has to say. I don't know why. I don't know what voice I'm doing for Todd Phillips, but I, I love it. Actually, I saw him in a movie last night. You saw him? Oh, I guess he was. Is he in Down With Love? No, he's in Old School. Sometimes you got to put on a movie at work, dude, that you don't have to pay attention to, but you can just laugh at because you know what's going on on the screen. It's so fucking loud there. I can't hear shit. And it's like, fuck them. If they're going to put me in a place where I'm by myself for eight hours and nobody can see me, I'm putting on a fucking movie. Amped Phillips that directed uh, that movie about fucking John Wayne Gacy and uh, my fucking guy threw his poop at people. Hey. Gigi Allen. No, he... That's his name. I... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Uh, you um, know Gigi Allen? <laughs> what is your favorite scene in this movie? And what is the worst scene in this movie? Okay, my favorite scene in this movie is... There's a scene where he calls people working on construction late at night, like, multiple times. Like, he calls the cops on them. And there's something about that where I'm just like, <laughs> been there, friend. That's a good scene. Another good scene is when there's people... <laughs> in the office and they make like a battered women joke and he just, he just like immediately was just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, he's just like, the like cockroaches turn a light on when they scatter. And he's like, did you just call us cockroaches? And then Colin Farrell's like, that guy's like our number two in the entire firm. You can't say shit like that. <laughs> you people are tourists. I love that scene. Because I've been that guy. I've been the Roman J. Israel Esquire reprimanding someone for a shitty joke and then being taken aside and being like, that guy is like, he like runs the company. <laughs> like, you can't do that. The scene where he, like, he tries to fight for his job is maybe. No, actually, there's a scene I like better and it's at the end. So he eventually gets corrupted. He does. He starts working with Colin Farrell, who plays George Pierce, who sees him for what he is, which is a guy who basically just fucking is essentially a walking encyclopedia of knowledge about law and law firms and like all of the little things about it. And so he brings him on essentially to be like a brief man to like run like really small, small stuff. He ends up fucking up pretty hard um, and tries to make a deal, essentially strikes down the deal with the district attorney. When Pierce isn't there, prosecutor rejects his offer and hangs up because he insults her. And while that happens, the guy he's representing is murdered. Which is a big no-no, because that's essentially, like, not only, like, a miscarriage of justice in, like, a moral sense, it's also, like, something that can get <laughs> you disbarred. <laughs> um, yeah. Because when a deal is being negotiated, the final say has to go to the person in in lockup. 
essentially to, so that they can get protective custody and they can, they basically can negotiate whether or not they want the deal. And so by him doing that and getting his client murdered, obviously not a good look. Um, could get him disbarred, could have a malpractice uh, lawsuit filed against the entire firm. And uh, yeah, bad, bad, bad things. And so while Israel is reprimanded and basically told that like, while this is happening, while this investigation is going on, you're not doing anything because if we fire you, that's essentially us admitting guilt. You're going to sit in that office and not do anything for the next couple of weeks. And so Roman J decides to double down and do another uh, poor thing. And he calls, anonymously collects the reward for turning in the guy who was the murderer in that case. And he gets the money. That's, again, not a good look for a lawyer. Bad, bad idea. That's, that's fair. I mean, right? that's completely Am I wrong? fair. No, not at all. No, not you're, a good you're... look. To quote Butter's parents, Butter's here is right as rain. Um, and that is exactly how screw up and he gets corrupted. And you know what, too? You feel for the guy. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like, you know, he, he, he goes through like the whole thing, gets mugged. He leaves a speech that he gives where he awkwardly like tries to do what would have been the chivalrous thing, like in the seventies. But now it's like, no, no. Okay. okay. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that right now. And I, I'm I'm just saying this as nicely as I can, okay? Because it's the okay. thing that came out of my mouth Rick. when I was sitting alone ben, in my in, Watch out. in my in my living room. That chick's a bitch. Fuck her. No, like no, so, no, 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 no. She is. No, she I is. Disagree. It's I a disagree. chivalrous thing to do. It, I mean, it gentle... is, but like it's also a man assuming that she didn't choose to stand there. I understand that aspect of it, but the nice thing to do is when you see a young lady or an older lady or any lady to be as a gentleman, you go, Hey, have a seat, please. I've also, I've been in the situation where like I've offered my seat to someone and they were like, no, I'm good. And so you can't assume as the person that like those guys didn't do that. Those guys didn't do it. I saw their faces. Those guys didn't do that, but thank you. What I'm I'll saying rest my case, you Your Honor. You can't assume this. You can't assume. Cause you know what you do when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Ain't no sunshine. In we have a whole nother movie to get to. Yes, we do. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> you could call it two movies, actually. Oh God, no. So, uh, well, we've talked. We've talked about your favorite scene. So he gets this money. He has he some gets, fun with it. He gets the money. He goes. He goes to the beach. <laughs> in maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie, where he. It is so fucking funny. I'm just like you're like. You're like, yeah, a guy with Asperger's would love to go to the beach, wouldn't he? <laughs> I kind of just want, like, a whole movie where he goes to the beach and he's just enjoying himself. Like, I would love that. I thought the movie was going to keep going with the beach at one point. <laughs> I was like, I think he goes back to the city, doesn't he? <laughs> he, he like, that vibe. dude an $88 tip? I was like, ah, you're all right, Denzel. Yeah, Roman's pretty cool. Yeah. He buys a new suit. He fucking, he becomes a flashy lawyer. He buys three new suits. He has a whole new thing. He like takes his hair, not cut, but like tapered down. So he kind of looks a little bit more professional. It's a little less wild, a little less Afro-y. And all of a sudden people start respecting him at the firm more. Not just that too, though. Like, by the way, it was three suits and two pairs of Italian loafers, one black, one brown. And that comes into play later. No, it does. Yeah. And 
the rest of the movie is kind of him like being corrupted by this. And then there comes a point where he realizes that all corruption comes with like a price. He takes Maya out to dinner and Maya's like, you changed. You're, you're different. Um, it's a really long and just fucking heartbreaking scene. And what <laughs> ends up happening and what is probably the low light for most people, but is a, is a moment that I love is he goes, is he takes on a case with George and it turns out to be the guy he fucking snitched on. <laughs> Holy shit. And that guy is like, I I don't want to kill you. I want you in here with me. And <laughs> Denzel's at the door. He's just like, God, God, let me out. <laughs> God. You would think that guy was trying to like sexually assault Denzel the way he was going for it. <laughs> that scene does not work either, by the way. I think that scene is the scene that takes the noir trappings to like the furthest extent, and I think it's also the scene that works the least. I love that scene, and it's a scene that I have quoted many times to people who have never seen this movie. Um, yeah, you know why? Because no one saw this movie. No one saw this movie. I saw, I saw Thir- it. $13 I dragged, million dollars saw this movie. I dragged two friends to go see this movie with me, and I would not shut the fuck up about this movie. I love this movie. I'm glad for you. I am. Yeah, essentially after that he he you know breaks down. He tries to leave the city because he thinks he's gonna get murdered. Um, he has a panic attack. He then eventually just like drives back, renounces his his momentary transgression, um, returns the reward money with a note apologizing for taking in the first place. Reconciles with people in with Maya and Pierce. And tries to motivate them to pursue some stuff. And then goes to turn himself in and gets murdered. Yeah. Okay. The one thing we have not talked about, and I'm glad we've held it off till now, his briefcase. Mm-hmm. What's in it? So he, t- he tells Pierce that he has essentially a lawsuit that he has been working on for years seven years he says it's based in legal precedent it's essentially he's like this will be something that like essentially reworks the system and will change it for good i think it is a legislation that is working towards prison abolition i think the whole movie is about how in a capitalist society the system of like law enforcement and the system of like for-profit lawyers and for-profit institutions like this, like essentially like that's a really that's not a good thing. <laughs> hey, no, it's not. Lawyers making a lot of money. That's kind of a bad thing. And so I think he has this very long brief in his briefcase that is essentially a legal document that will rewrite the American legal system. And he gives Walter Johnson's bulldog, because he was called the bulldog, and Pierce... I thought there was going to be money in there, but that's the other thing they don't do. <laughs> I No, I think it's I think it's nice that it's just like a, like a token of like, no, 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 you're going to be a wonderful activist. I guess um, that's true. I also don't think their relationship is anything more than a friendship. 
I don't know. Like, they don't play it that way, in my opinion. Or she doesn't. He might be playing that that way. She does not. I think there's, like, a little bit of, like, an attraction. But I think it's mostly just, like, she respects his activism. And his, like, it's mutual. Of... It's mutual respect. And I think it's mutual I, I... respect. And less, like, like, a sexual thing. I get you. But, yeah, after after Israel is shot by people getting revenge for him throwing their friend behind bars. Pierce takes the brief. He files it in both their names. And it's like essentially an effort to reform the justice system. And so he's going to throw the weight of this huge law firm behind it. Yeah, I mean, that's really what he does. A plus. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great ending. That's good. I think, I'm, I'm I glad. I'm... Yeah, I think it's like a fucking. I think it's like a perfect throwback to like Code Era Noirs. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you liked it, buddy. What would you pair this with? That's a very good question. I would pair this with. I'm trying to think of like a like a good old movie to pair it with. You pitch me something being there oh yeah yeah that's a solid one does that make sense too yeah i was like thinking... there's a moment when he hands in that case where you're just like i'm kind of getting like chancy vibes like yeah. the way sellers did it when he's like he goes you're gonna change things like you're just like was roman james real ever real like i was thinking more like a noir vice squad or key largo but yeah that could work or the stranger I just couldn't think of one about, like, law that I'd seen. But, yeah. I'll go with being there, I guess. Yeah. Do you know what the name of the hitman who kills Roman J. Israel's real name is? No, what's his name? Just space the letter N time. Yeah. Yeah. Got him. Yeah, that's a, it's a pretty great name. It's a pretty great name, yeah. Yeah. Well... Leads me to ask you, Sid Parrot, what's your, what's your elevator pitch for this movie? You want to see Denzel Washington's best performance in probably a decade? Roman J. Israel Esquire. Better than Fences, in my opinion, personally. I think uh, it's a nice little throwback noir. Feels like uh, he's playing like an Edward G. Robinson type character. Morally corrupted kind of code film. Also sort of feels like a 70s neo-noir throwback. I don't know. It's extremely Tyler Bate. So if you like Tyler Bate, if you enjoyed Tyler Bate movies in the past, this movie's very much in that wheelhouse. That's fair. And I don't think I have to ask, but what do you give it? Four and a half out of five. Oh, surprising. Take it down a star for me. Three and a half. That's better than I thought it would be. Yeah, no, I don't hate this by any stretch. There's good things about this movie. I just don't think it works overall. Just because, like, I give something a three and a half to doesn't mean I'm praising it all to hell. It means you should see this movie. Like, this is a movie worth sitting through. I don't know if it'll work for you. It didn't work for me. But I believe everyone should see everything. Like, I'm of the opinion, like, how are you going to know if you like something unless you give it a shot? Like, you could sit down and watch a Kurosawa movie and be like, wow, I never want to watch another Kurosawa movie again. But at least you watched something of his to know whether it might be something you're into. Like, that's the point about movies. I think the movies are very important because it gives you a chance to experience different visions of different things. Like, that's that's why. 
this movie works for you. It, it does not work for me in the same way, but that's the fascination of film to me. <laughs> I posted on my Twitter. Uh, that's that's private. Call me crazy, but Roman J. Israel Esquire, greater than Nightcrawler, and my friend, who I took to go see Roman J. Israel Esquire, the aforementioned one, just posted a gift that just says, no way. So, so Raphael disagrees with me. Raphael is the large African-American gentleman? Yes. Would Raphael like to do a podcast with me? Because he probably gets it. I mean, like, it would be... <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Can we bring Raphael on to talk about this, like, as a special, like, bonus episode? Shut the fuck up. I just bring you two on, and I just go, and when he made you sit in that theater and watch Roman J. Israel Esquire, how, how did that make you feel? And we just do it as a bit where he's like, he wouldn't stop talking about it for weeks. Can he fake cry on camera? I, I you know, very... I, 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 I'll, I'll ask him when I see him. Wait, is he the one who also did the uh, the closer joke? No, that's my friend Kyle. If you see Kyle, will you ask him to do the closer joke, please? I'll I'll record it. That's all I want for my birthday from you is him doing this closer joke because I'm fascinated by what this joke is. Okay, all right. Next time we see it, I will record him doing the closer joke. Okay, good. We've rounded out one filmmaker. I've seen everything Dan Gilroy's done, all three of them. Make another movie, Dan Gilroy. Would you agree? Make, make another movie, Dan Gilroy. Yeah. I don't know if we can say the same for... The next young lady who, you know, she, fuck it. She got her Oscar. Who the fuck does she care? And she's like, fuck you guys. Don't you know who I am? I'm Chloe fucking Zhao. I'm going to make movies for you people. And then I'm going to turn on you people. Do you feel betrayed is my first question. Nah, get that bag. Get that bag, Chloe. You're already rich to begin with, but get that bag. And of course, the movie we are talking about is from 2021. And this will help round out Tyler's filmmaker because he'll now have seen everything by chloe Zhao, and the movie is simply the saga of the eternals a race of immortal beings who lived on earth and shaped its history and civilization sounds like a grand sci-fi epic of a swing doesn't it well what you forgot to mention is that it's also maybe the biggest and worst swing to date as it is the lowest rated movie in the marvel cinematic universe it is of course the movie that stars Gemma chan richard madden Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Kit Harington, Kumail Nanjiani, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Liam McHugh, Barry Kehogan, Ma Dong-seok, Bill Skarsgård, and Harish Patel. It is, of course, the 2021 movie directed by Chloe Zhao, The Eternals. Cersei. Cersei, what's wrong? Cersei. a celestial for the people of this planet. I will spare them 
but your memories will show if they are worthy to live. And I will return for judgment. Lowest rated Marvel movie for now. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because you know what the news that broke just a day ago was? <laughs> Do you know this? Daniel Kaluuya isn't coming back for fucking Black Panther. No. The news that broke is the Eternals will be getting a sequel. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm going to tell you right now, my friend, I think I found my next white whale, which is getting uh, you to watch the Eternals, too. <laughs> uh, I will. I will. I will do that to myself. Absolutely. I don't think she's going to be involved. <laughs> absolutely hate myself. This movie is garbage. <laughs> this, is, this is one of maybe the worst movies we have ever we have ever talked oh, about. So bad. Um, like this has to be your existence. <laughs> <laughs> Like it took I, me several several years to get you, but I'm, but I'm finally like like you're just like shot seventeen times, and you're like why? And I'm like existence, and you're like ah, it fits. <laughs> I made you watch existence twice, right? No, we've only watched it once. I thought we did it for like a for like a reevaluating too. I don't think we ever did it for a reevaluation. Oh, I rewatched that. I st- I stand by it. I stand by it. You know, I mean, she, I'll tell you this, she refuses to watch anything by Cronenberg. She will not do it. Anything? He he broke her with Crimes of the Future. Fucking Videodrome? Nope, won't do it. Won't do it? I literally went through every single one of his movies that were available on, like, the smart TV. Okay, you know what you do, Ben? (laughs) Hate to be like this. What you do is you go, you you just, you just, you don't, you don't tell her. You just show her the brood. <laughs> so I double down. I mean, I mean, here's the thing though. It affected her so much. She knows his name. Most of the time, she'll be like, "What did this person do?" But she knows Cronenberg. Like she goes, "No Cronenberg." Would like negatively. Like negatively. Yeah, she didn't like it. She is so put off to like him. Like, here's here's what I told you. I I pitched her this idea. I said, because I found out like it's $300 to rent out a theater for a showing. And usually most theaters can turn around five showings a day. So if you wanted to do like a film festival in a day, and I told her, I was like, here's what we'll do. We'll figure out what it costs per ticket to pay off the whole thing. And I said, if people like people can purchase tickets. And I said, here's the thing. Two, you don't have to go into any of the movies. We will make sure we add like an extra $4 to each ticket. So that'll pay your salary to sit there and take tickets. Because I assume like you got to do it as like a private event. And we call it CronenCon. And she's like, no. And I was like, no, think about it. You'll never want to go into any of those movies. So you'll just hang out in the lobby and I'll hang out with you. And she's just like, no, I'm not doing CronenCon. So that was my pitch to her this week. I think we should have you program it too. Oh, God. It would just be crash back to back to back. You can't do crash five showings in a row. God, I mean, you I can can't. watch crash five times in a row. I know you could because you have problems. You have mental problems. 
and anybody else who can't is attaching her star to you. So <laughs> anybody else who can't, fucking weak. No, you have to do five different movies. I'll let you have Crash, and I think you should close with Crash because that's a real that's a real way to send them home. <laughs> no, I could. Yeah, no, I definitely. What would my five Cronenberg movies be? We need to talk about Crown. the Eternals. That's <laughs> <laughs> how bad this movie is, man. It's how much it fucking sucks. And I'll tell you right now, movie sucks equally as hard as it did the first time. Oh. All right. The only thing that doesn't suck is the expectation was gone, so I kind of could just sit there and hate fuck it. <laughs> this movie is so fucking... Oh, God. Okay. Before we get into anything... I was trying to explain this movie to Naomi, and I was just like, yeah, it basically does this thing at a certain point where it tells you about a character, it gives you their power, you they meet them, they give them like a little bit of a history thing, and then they're like, oh, we need to, we need this person on our team too. And then they go and, and then they just do it again, and like it's just that way for 20 minutes it's the worst team meetup movie ever. It's so fucking boring. It's so long. Like it takes forever. There is so many moments in this movie where I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. Like I I don't care. You know what? Here's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna we're just gonna go through. We're just gonna go through all of the Eternals and get them out of the way, and mm-hmm. then we'll kind of talk about what the premise of this movie is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gemma Chan is Cersei. She can turn things into other things. I don't know. Fuck it. Who cares? She can she can turn she can turn like land into like rocks and into glass and all that stuff. I think it's a cool power. I think Gemma Chan is. I think like most of the actors in this movie is actually pretty good in this movie. She's punching above her weight at this point. Yeah. Here's someone who's not good in this movie. Richard Madden as Icarus. Richard Madden, go die in a fire. Not a fan. Not a fan of you in this movie, dude. I like you in other things, but not in this movie. Uh, he has eye beam powers. Basically Superman. He's, he can fly. He can shoot shit from his eyes. Yeah, basically. Angelina Jolie as Thea. She's good. Her character is, is whatever. She? I don't know. Is she good in this? Her character is so bad. I hate I hate Angelina Jolie, I think, in everything. I don't think I like Angelina Jolie. I like Angelina Jolie. But her character in this is fucking terrible. Cena. She's like got PTSD and is constantly trying to kill everyone else. Fuck out of here. Yeah, it's a bad character. Selma Hayek as Ajax or the corpse. She's fine. She's so fucking wasted in this movie. She's a good she, actress. Why is she? She's a great actress. She is sleepwalking in this movie. Oh yeah. It's just it's fucking incredible. And then then you have then you have Kingo. Don't forget Kingo. Oh, yeah. Kumail Nanjiani desperately trying to inject life into this movie. He He's attempting. Um, the problem is, is that every single line of his that is supposed to be funny is the least funny line I have ever heard in my life. Yeah. Also, I love the idea of him trying to do him trying to do a fucking like documentary i think the oh, movie yeah. should have been the dark like should have just been the documentary i mean that's a better idea and would have fit with chloe zhao's aesthetic i'll get to you chloe don't don't worry sit down 
You you don't you you speak when spoken to. Leah McHugh as Sprite. This is this is one of the worst parts of the movie. I I was gonna say I disagree. I I, I like. I think she's. I think I don't care about her at okay, all. Okay, here's the thing. I like her. I think she's. I think she acts well. I think the character is okay. I don't think they give. Okay. I saw a review that said this movie should have been 90 minutes. I disagree. This movie should have been six hours long. You're fucking high. What are you talking about? They don't give any time to flesh out any of these characters. Oh, I agree with you. Like, I agree with them. you. I agree There's with you, but they could have. Gives a shit about any of these people. And just, they don't, they don't fucking get to the bottom. Like, I think all of these characters are like at least interesting or at the very least more interesting than most marvel characters they have something in them i would love an episode of a mini series that is just all about kingo's bollywood like like generations i think that would be fun i think a movie interrogate or like i think like a like an episode of a, of a tv show interrogating sprite as like a character would be cool i think an entire tv show that's just like brian tyree henry his whole thing would be fucking interesting but to make this into a two hour and 40 minute movie and you're trying to cram all these desperate disparate ideas together it doesn't work it's never going to work who thought this would work here's the other thing here's the other thing too and i'm saying this as nicely as i can it is really 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 hard for you to make a movie that and i i paused this shit at like two minutes and like 45 seconds Because I was like, hmm, I just want to look at something. There are ten Eternals in this movie. Ten. That's insane. That's too many. That's far too many. This movie should have had four, and then they go looking for the other ones like they do at the end. They should have cut Droog. I mean, I guess you can't cut Icarus. His whole deal is No, you have to keep keep Droog. No, he's... Okay, hold on. We We gotta get there. Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos, the most offensive part of the movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh Remember my God. when they blamed a gay guy for Holocaust? Oh, my God. Not, not just not not the nuclear Holocaust, Ben. Oh, yeah, that's true. Nuclear Holocaust. He, right. He's the reason he's the reason that Hiroshima happened. It's just him. No one else. Black gay guy. Not not John Oppenheimer. Not the guy who's getting a movie this year. Fuck out of here. Oscar, too. Fuck out of here, dude. Brian Tyree Henry's great in this movie, too. <laughs> he's great, so too. It's so bullshit. Oh, he's, this oh bullshit. Brian, Ty- Brian, Brian Tyree Henry goes in that category of, like, has been in bad movies, has never been bad in a movie. No. No, God, no. You know what I would have loved to have seen him do? Is pick up Sprite the way he picked up the dog in Widows. Oh, God. That would have been cute. Lauren Ridoff as Makare. I don't know what to say about this. I'm, I'm going to leave this one alone. Oh, yeah. She's the she's the deaf. She's all right. I think I like the idea of there being like, I really like the idea of using more sign language no. in movies. No, this is the worst part of the movie in some ways. If you are the fucking creator. Here's the thing. I'll tell you this right now. If I was her, I would have said we're going after Aeroshem immediately. And they'd be like, They'd be like, we'll get to him when we have the other turn. She goes, motherfucker created me deaf. He had the option not to. Like, like I yeah. would be so fucking pissed. I'd be like, I'm going to rip his ears off and put them on mine. It's so weird that they do this. Like, I'm not saying she, it's not a good thing. 
if she's deaf in the comics, go with it. I mean, yeah, it really does. A lot of this movie feels like there hasn't been a deaf superhero. There hasn't been a gay superhero. Yeah. There hasn't been a fucking Pakistani superhero who's actually, who ends up living in Bollywood. Yeah. Yeah. I, fuck. Okay. I mean, we'll keep going. This is the best performance of the movie. Barry Kehogan is Druig. I mean, his whole thing is fucking boring. I love what he does with that performance. He's like I said, everybody in this is good, and I, I, to one extent, a compliment to Chloe Zhao's directing power to make all of these actors understand their roles and decent in this movie. But God, this movie's boring. Well, we have to talk about him too. Gilgamesh, played by Ma Dong Siok. I mean, he's there to die. Like, I don't know what more to say. He—he's his name is Ma Dong. Madong Shuk, uh, he's also known as Don Don Lee. He was in Train to Busan. He's a great actor. He's good in this. Again, good in this. You know he's bad in this? Kid Harrington. Oh, he's getting his own movie, dude. Don't worry. What the fuck is... What is... Who is... What is that whole thing? About him being like, oh, my family history is all weird. Well, he's, Ooh, um... Cares. Did you watch the... Did you... <laughs> Did you watch the two uh, post credit scenes? No, my fucking, the shit that I had, like, totally ended before I even got that. So I was like, cool. There's um, two of them? Oh, yeah, there's, there's What's two the first? of them. Well, okay, you tell me what they are. Well, we'll get, to, how about we get to those at the end? Ugh, I guess. Well, post credit scene for you, too. So the movie you is about, about these the, Eternals. Hold on, yeah. you haven't talked about the best character. Who's that? That is Karun. Kingo's valet, played by Harish Patel. Are you a big fan of him? I think he's good. I think he's really good. Wish he was in a better movie. I mean, I wish they all were in a better movie. Like, this movie feels like she wanted to make a globetrotting epic that absolutely goes nowhere. Yeah. Like, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. No. I mean, it's funny every time like a little thing pops up and you're just like, oh, really here too? <laughs> she went to the when fucking... you saw when you saw Nagasaki, like, did you just did, what what did what did you do? I let out a yelp at midnight when I saw that. What was your thought process there? <laughs> I already knew that it had happened because people were just like, you won't fucking believe what this movie does. <laughs> You won't fucking believe what this movie insinuates. And I still was just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's fucking nuts. I agree. It's crazy. And yeah, so the Eternals like were sent to Earth by a guy named Arishem, who I guess you're supposed to kind of believe is like a god figure to wipe out the deviants and protect the people of the Earth. That's why they were sent there. They've done this. It's been like, what, 2,000? Oh, no, 5,000 years? Something like that. And they've broken up because of something. You don't really know till later. And then they're all called back because, like, two of them, Sprite, whose ability is to be able to turn into people or make people believe they're seeing things that aren't there, and Cersei, who has the ability to turn things into things, find a deviant and they fight it off. And that's when Icarus shows up and he's like, we've got to go find all of the other Eternals. They go to Ajax, who's played by Selma Hayek. She is dead. They find all of the other Eternals and they tell them something's going on. 
Cersei, who has been chosen to lead after Ajax dies, is told by Arishem, we are going to hatch a celestial out of this planet, I think is what it is. Yeah, the... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess you need, like, the human energy when they all die to be able to bring a thing, like a celestial life form out of the planet. And then the celestial life form will create more planets to create more celestials. I, I'm, I'm guessing is what's going on. It's one of those things where, like, in a comic book, I'd be like, yeah, that's, okay, that makes sense, sure. But, like, I don't know, in a movie, I'm just like, that's fucking dumb as shit. It's not great. It's not great. And this might be the biggest problem with this movie, is that it's a comic book series that was not meant to be adapted. We're starting to get into, like, the bottom of the ice of the ice tray, you know? Where, like, all of the, all of the Marvel shit that people know, like Spider-Man and Iron Man and all that stuff... We're already we're through with them. They're done. We've already we've already gone through all of them. And now we're getting we're getting to the weird shit. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing, though, and I'm sure you don't like this movie either, but I'm going to tell you, this was my pitch when people asked me during the this movie being in theaters. What do you think? What is your what are your thoughts on the Eternals? They said, hey, do you remember Guardians of the Galaxy? And it's like how you didn't know any of those five characters by that movie's beginning, but by the end of that movie, you were rooting for all fucking five of those characters. Yeah, it's like that, but they doubled it, but you don't care about any of the characters. You have 10 characters. I don't, I don't give a fuck about any of them. None of their motivations make me care. The big difference is Guardians of the Galaxy is two hours flat. It sets up its thing. It grounds the main person. And by the way, I I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is like a two and a half out of out of five, I think it's higher fine. than I would have thought he'd given it, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's fine. Terrified to think of what he's about to give this, but it's uh, going to be accurate. No, not yet. Not yet. I think they you, set up a conflict. You get all of those characters, everything set up, and then the movie sets all that up in the first like thirty minutes, and yeah. then everything else after that is like them doing fun shit. By the way, that movie's also fun. That movie doesn't have, like, fucking... The, the, the apocalypse is, is coming. Like, that movie's, like... I forget what the fucking thing for that movie is. But it's, like, a fun little globe-trotting adventure. This movie is, like, the world is going to end. And we have ten people. And it's the most serious shit in the world. And everything is fucking gray. There's no color to anything. Fucking everybody's upset all the time and then the pacing of the movie is just like it's just fucking introduce person introduce person introduce person boom 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 oh yeah by the way a black gay guy did the worst thing in the world and created the nuclear bomb i guess anyway fucking this thing's coming out of the earth who fucking cares who cares it is so boring there's no stakes to this because it's a fucking comic movie i know what's going to happen i don't care that the, the world is ending because i don't live on that world it's not my world. It's fucking... Uh, it's fucking I'm short-circuiting. I'm getting so mad. You know it what Ant-Man's nice. about? Yeah. Hey, it's a heist bank. movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fucking great. Yeah, it's fucking this, great. It doesn't have to be about the end of the world. No, it never... No, that's why Marvel, Marvel still doesn't get it. It's like, not every movie has to be about the end of the world. Some of them should be. That's where you get everyone together. But, like, some movies just make it a thing. Like, that's what the best Marvel movies are a better idea for a movie wrapped in a Marvel package. 
hated this movie. I hated this movie, yep. Ben. I hated it. I hated it so much. By the way, I don't want people to think that like I came into this like dreading it. I was like, okay, um, sure. I I haven't liked Marvel movies in the past. You know, maybe maybe this is different. It's directed by my girl Chloe Zhao. I love her movies. I even Ben get this. I watched that first part where they had like that fight in London, and I was like, actually. That was pretty well put together. That had some interesting set pieces. That was pretty all right. That's the last part. That's the last part that is. Everything after that is so fucking mind-numbingly boring. So bad. They explained to me what an apex predator is. I'm like, bitch, I know what an apex predator is. I'm you're like not you're idiot. like, I love Randy Orton. I hear voices in my head. They talk to me. They counsel me. They understand the punt. Anyway, <laughs> was this movie supposed to be okay? It's a Marvel movie, so it's it's mm-hmm. inherently there's a lot, there's a high kids audience. But to me, this movie no kids like this. It's supposed to be for adults, right? It's such a weird swing that Marvel has taken here, and it doesn't work. Like, here's the thing, too. Do you know that this is fifty minutes longer than any of her other movies? It feels it. She has no movie that comes over two hours outside of this movie. I don't think she's meant to make any movie that goes over two hours. I don't know. This movie's just stuffed with way too many things. Like I said, I think this movie would be better if it was either longer or shorter. It just had to pick one of them. It's in, like, the death realm. Like, 240, get the fuck out of here. To pull a line from another Edward G. Robinson movie, because we've now brought him up twice, where's your god now, Moses? Because uh, (laughs) this was your girl. This was your girl, and uh, she fucked you pretty hard here. It's one of those things where it's like, and I, the idea of the Eternals is good. Like, it's Jack Kirby. I love his, like, weird space bullshit. Like, I love weird space bullshit. It's what I need right now, and just everything about this is fucking terrible. It's not good. Like, and Whatever. I, I like, I remember when I saw this and I was like, and I was like, I don't think I can this be her fault. I'm not even sure whose fault this is. It's Kevin Faye's fault. Yeah, that's possibly He's the true. main creative director of all of this shit. You know, honestly, too, this is the weird thing, because I hate all of these things. This is a show would have worked better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hey, can I give you my pitch on how to fix this? You do a 10 episode miniseries. And you end it with the last episode being Ajax, and you just do that scene from this movie where she gets, like, fucking iced out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where, where Richard Madden kills her, and then you have, like, that go into the movie. You do a 10-episode miniseries in the spring from, like, February to the middle of April. And then in, like, November, you do the movie, which is what you have here. But every episode of that you have one of them dealing with one of the deviants, like in their own personal yeah. life where they're at now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, that's the. And then structure. when they get together, they all know that there's a weight to be had there. You can save all that exposition bullshit. I, I, yeah, it's just where it would have been. Yeah. at least more interesting. It's really fucking bad. This, this sucks. Whole phase four that they're going through, I think, is really. Oh, they don't know what. To- to do they have no idea what to do fuck their momentum so bad they have no idea they are desperately grabbing at straws they're like 
I mean, Love and Thunder is a hit. It had a huge opening. I think it's going to have a fucking substantial fall off. Dropped um, 68% in its second week. That, there you go. Boom. Yeah, that, that is huge. People, um, the word of mouth about to is get, bad. It's fine. It's average at best. It's, it's think, average at best. It's fine. I think Black Panther is going to be a fucking train wreck. And some of it's not their fault. I got faith in Black Panther, actually. I don't think Coogler would go and do it if he didn't have a plan. That dude's got a plan. They lost their main star, right? And yeah, and but that's, that's there's a there's a way to fix that. That's there's not a their way fault. to fix that. I, yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. Let me get through this. Yeah. It's not their fault. They lost their main their main their main star. They also kind of lost the person who would have made sense to hand it off to in, in Latita Wright, who came out as like a heavy anti-vaxxer and is in the movie. And I think oh, is yeah. supposed to be is supposed to be given the Black Panther role. There has not been a single advertisement for this movie. Every no, every, I agree. Every new news story that comes out is like, oh yeah, this guy's left the project, <laughs> or like, oh yeah, does not look very good, Ben. It's looking pretty rough. Which you're not upsetting. you're not hearing me say it looks good. I haven't seen a fucking image from it. Which, I'm just saying, I think there is going to be a big surprise. You have faith in Coogler, I have faith in Coogler, but I have faith in Coogler the same way I had faith in fucking Chloe Zhao. Whoever Chloe Zhao turned in. This is pure speculation. The movie with the, this... It, it's kind of... It's indicative to me that the movie that had the biggest cultural significance of, of the Marvel movies, Black Panther, which was a yeah. huge deal. Oh, I like, remember. We, I think I we there. forget how big that movie was. Dude, I rented out a fucking theater for it, and I was able to fill it with people very easily just from my work. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Um, like, trust me, I remember, dude. That um, and we're not. We don't have a trailer. We don't have any images. We don't know what it's about. We don't know who takes over Black Panther. Like, I don't know, man. Seems pretty bad. Seems seems pretty bad, in my opinion. It's called Black Panther: Colon Wakanda Forever. The sequel that will continue to explore the world of Wakanda and all the characters introduced in the 2018 film is what it says. You want my oh. theory? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It, it's, it's, well, he, he died, all right? I know, but it's don't say it. Fault. Good God, that was, good Lord, that's something I would say. What you do here is this. They have a fix. He's not dead. You don't, not him, like, like, Michael, what's his name? Jordan? Yeah, Michael, Michael, yeah, Mike, Michael. Yeah, Michael, Michael Jordan. B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan is not dead. They put him in the cryostasis at the end. You don't see it, but they're like, they're like, we do have another option. They wake him up and they say, Chitala, like the guy who you respected has been taken out. Like, will you, will you take out, we, we rose you for one time. We want you to take out the person who did it. You make it, I, I mean, it's not classy, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I really don't. I'm fascinated to see what that movie is, though. I, I, me too. Like, I'm interested. Marvel has somehow lost a lot of their momentum, and I don't think people really realize it yet. Love and Thunder, they thought was going to be another billion-dollar mark, and I think it's going to limp maybe to $600 million, which, again, boo-hoo Marvel, but like, I don't think that movie's going to make nearly as much as they thought it was. Did you watch Top Gun yet? I have not, no. What are you doing? I'm broke, Ben. <laughs> they ain't got a $5 theater for Top Gun? Not yet, no. Oh, I'll annoying. go see Top Gun this weekend when I get paid. 
Go see Top Gun. No, you got to go see Nope. You can't not see Nope. I'll see both. How about that? Because we're going to talk about Nope next week. I'm just telling you right now. Like You know you know what I have tickets for? What's that? Next Tuesday, I have tickets to see Thief on 35mm. That's fucking dope, actually. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. Just it just moved a little bit. That's that's how jealous I am. That's, that's, that's they stop a shem and the movie ends where like I think half of them get iced out, which is good because now we can go find more Eternals and get that cast back up to ten because it's what you got to do for some reason. And the movie ends with you know bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. It goes to credits. You see all their bullshit names, and then it comes back where you have the deaf girl Angelina Jolie. And Barry Kehogan on a ship going to find the other Eternals. And all of a sudden there's a teleportation bullshit thing. And some little fucking guy voiced by Patton Oswalt shows up and introduces some guy played by Harry Styles, who is also Thanos's brother. That's the first bullshit scene. The second bullshit scene, which will piss you off even more. Oh, wait, don't they get like teleported away by the fucking big guy, big bad. No, that's this is the post credits I'm talking about. That happens. Yes. What's her name? Cersei who has now established herself as the leader of this group after Icarus flies into the sun, uh, Erisham grabs her like in like the mind prism place. And he's like, I'm coming to judge your planet, like to see if it's worthy of continuing. So yeah, that's like the bullshit second Eternals movie. It sounds like. And the second bullshit post-credit scene is you see Kit Harrington staring at a box on a table And he looks at it and he opens the box and there's a sword and the sword's covered by like bandages and he keeps like going towards it and almost touching it. And the sword seems to almost be moving and almost a liquid metal thing. And then like he closes it and he goes, I'm not sure I can do this. And you hear a voice off stage, which says mysterious man's voice. Well, then I don't know if you're prepared to help me do what I need to do. And if you know who that voice is, you know, it's Mahershala Ali as Blade. And Kit Harrington's character will be a character called Black Knight. It doesn't matter. It's fucking stupid. If we ever get a Mahershala Ali Blade movie, I'll be so happy. But I don't think it's ever going to happen. Can people even fucking care about Black Knight? Who the fuck is this? No, no, no. I never cares. heard of Black Knight. <laughs> no, he's fucking terrible. He's not. He's like a C-list character. They need to start investing in better characters. Just do the Fantastic Four movie. Just do the X-Men movie. Stop being fucking coy about it and just do it. That's all you got to do. They did the Eternals because they never thought they were going to get fucking X-Men. That's why they did this. That's the only reason the Eternals exists. No, you're not wrong. They are the lame X-Men. They are. I mean, they are like yeah. they are like the theater kids of the X-Men. Like the, oh, the X-Men would beat up so would mean. beat up the Eternals. It is. Fuck them. I don't care. The Eternals suck. Um, we'll put on another production of Our Town, you fucking stuck up you fucking stuck right. up bitches. Okay. Okay. What? Please pick a decent play. Please pick pick a good play. I'm not saying the play isn't decent. I'm just saying I hate people who put on that play once and I'm comparing them to them. I'm not dissing the play. I love Our Town. Our Town's a well-constructed play. It's probably one of the best. Um, Sent you a text. This is what the Black Knight movie should be about. 1980 pinball machine dead end by CRG. This is just a pinball machine. Will you challenge the Black Knight again? Okay. okay. Let's get to the end of this. You're, you're I challenge to you to fight me. You're, you're starting to hallucinate. What is your favorite scene in this movie? When it ends. I knew it. Perfect. Okay. And what would you pair with this? A lobotomy. 
<laughs> okay, that's that's cute. No, <clears throat> you know what? I'm gonna make it easier for you because that's obviously gonna be your answer for everything. If you had to pair another Chloe Zhao movie with this, what would you pair? Pair it with the fucking writer because at least it's a good goddamn movie. <laughs> I think you start him with the writer and then just hit him in the face as they leave. Fuck out of here with this. Uh, you'd be like, see, South Dakota, she kind of shoots movies that look like that. Fuck, it's gone. We're in Tahiti for some reason. I pair it with a Vine, a five-second short film. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. And most importantly, what's your pitch for this? <laughs> no. No? No? <laughs> he just gets in the elevator and goes, nah, and just turns back around and walks out. My pitch is I, I look at the people who are greenlining it, and I press every single button in the elevator, and I hop off. I'll see you all in hell. I'll get I'll get there to Disney far sooner than you will. Later, fuckers. Yes. What do you give this? Ben, it might be surprising, but I'm going to give this one one star. I gave it one and a half. It was in focus. Okay. Yeah. The, one yeah. star basically is like I. It, oh God. Half star. I'm trying to think of the last movie I gave a half star to. It would have to be something I did, because I don't feel like you'd give anything of yours a half star. The last, I don't think we've ever given a half star on the show. I know. I, I might have. Ta- I want to say I might have to existence. I think you gave it a star. I might have. I might I have. You gave it. A, we'll I think to, you gave I'll, it a solid If I go by Letterboxd, I have given eight movies a half star. Wow. Um, what are those the, movies? One of them, they really shouldn't count because it's like a short film. It's called Crunch Time. It's terrible. But the movies are in order. This Isn't Funny from 2015. Terrible movie. Passengers. The Book of Henry. (laughs) Okay. The aforementioned Crunch Time, which is like an ad that runs before AMC shows. Life Itself. Okay. Sex in the City 2. Jesus, why were you going to these? This is a movie I rented. Cats 1998. It's like a filmed version of the Cats musical. Oh, that whips. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, it's great. And then the most recent one that I've given is from uh, October 27th. Pulse from 2006. Okay. That's the American remake. That's the American remake. Well, there you go. You really got some movies there. Yep. That's that's I haven't given I haven't given out a half star in a while. And this didn't get a half star. It came fucking close. Five hours in and I'm only 30 minutes in. That's so great. I took a fucking hour and a half long nap and I was like, great, I got to watch half this fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's a shame. (laughs) It's the maddest I've ever been uh, after a nap. I think. If I had to give, if if I'm looking at, at what I uh, what I've gone through, I probably would give the after movies half stars. But you know, live and learn. The what movies? You've never heard? Oh God, never. No, no, no. We can't. We can't. Oh, we can't. after love. No, the the, the movie called uh, After We Met. I think it's like, or uh-huh. it's just called After. And I think you talked about this on our worst of the year. Yes, I did. It was a series. There's a series yeah. of movies. I even no, I there's not. That. I gave that one star. There is a series of movies. Yes. No, there is. It's called After We Collided and then After We Fell. And I think the most recent one, which is coming out this year, is After Ever Happy. No. No, you fuck off. No, yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that. No, thank you. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know why you're watching him, but you're a weird guy. So, uh, I'm. I gotta finish. I gotta finish the fucking. I gotta finish the series, Ben. No, you don't. You can leave it. It's it's the fines kid. It's the fines kid. Well, have fun with that. That's all I can tell you. And <laughs> fucking next week is Mount Rushmore of years past. What are we doing? Yes, it is, Ben. Yes, it is. We're going to talk about the insider and last temptation of Christ, baby. I think you got to flip those. You like long movies, Ben? <laughs> you know, I mean, I can, I can go either Because we're going to do some long ones. This is that scene where Ahab just drives the boat into the whale and like <laughs> thinks like, this will get him. This will get him in the whale because I'm still going to kill you too. I mean, I'm just a fish, man. What do you want from me? Oh, Last Temptation of Christ and the Insider, huh? Yes, yep, yep, yep. Okay, I mean, I'm down for it. And, guys, if you haven't seen either of those movies, that is a Martin Scorsese and a Michael Mann movie, respectively, from our didn't-quite-make-it-on-the-Mount-Rushmore, but was on the outside looking in. It was on one of our lists. I think they were both on your list. It's going to be easy watching for me because I love these movies, so, you know. Oh, I know you do. I I like The Insider. I get to I get to do my Al Pacino impression. I never fucked you. Like, that's... I get to do my, I get to do my Jewish Harvey Keitel impression. <laughs> hey, it's me. He's just doing Harvey Keitel. He's like, I don't know what to do. Hey, like, he it's me. Like, I'm Judas. <laughs> me, Judas Iscariot. Well, there I'm we go. I'm going to kiss Jesus on the lips. <laughs> That'll tell you who it is. <laughs> I just wish every time he walked, there was like a sultry jazz number, just like just indicating he's the bad guy. Fuck, that's a better movie. Hey, punt this pilot. I got a guy over here talking to the, getting the people riled up. And of course, Pontius Pilot's talking like this because he's played by David Bowie. And you're having a freaky dream, Martin Scorsese. We'll we'll get to it. I'm actually kind of excited to rewatch Last Temptation of Christ. I love Last Temptation of Christ. That is a weird sentence for you to say, but it also makes sense. I am an atheist. One of my favorite movies. We can also talk about that time where Martin Scorsese went on SNL during the premiere of that movie <laughs> and did the Chris Farley show. Oh, boy. That sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Have you ever seen that bit? The The Chris Farley show is just like, he, he would just go like, you make good fellas. And he's like, yeah, yeah I did make good fellas. And he's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically it. What was the, the one like he does for that is he says Robert like Robert De Niro. <laughs> the one he does for that is he goes, "You remember when Jesus was there and the moneylenders?" And he just starts laying into him. He goes, "Yeah, I, I remember that." What about it? He goes, "Did did you come up with that?" He goes, "No, it's from the New Testament. It's the Bible." And he goes, "Oh yeah, right." He goes, "Idiot!" And like Scorsese kind of jumps. And he goes, "It's a common misconception." <laughs> People don't talk about how funny fucking uh, Martin Scorsese is. His sense of humor is great. He will allow people to put him into funny situations. All right. So for next week, The Last Temptation of Christ and Michael Mann's The Insider, two movies that are very long. But as we can say here, I think Tyler's kind of earned this moment right here to do these two uh, movies because he got through The Eternals. Everyone, let's give him a big hand. Woo! Ben, they're both movies about people who are wrongly prosecuted. That's also true, too. There's another nice little double. And after that, well, I guess you guys will have to just see what we're doing for the Mount Rushmore. It's going to be a good one because, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be live and in person. The first episode since the Christopher Nolan episode that we have done in front of each other. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Maybe we'll go see a movie. 
Oh, Clear that, that nice, docket. <laughs> what was the last movie we've seen together? We've only seen one movie together, Ben, and it was. <laughs> it's so. <funny>. It's still. <laughs> it's it's still. Wow, God, what is the name of it? I can't even think of it. Bad times at the El Royale. Bad, bad times. At the... <laughs> what a weird movie to be the only movie we've seen together. It is true. For all the movies we've talked about, it is like the cinematic equivalent of the two people who have never gotten together like it's like it's like that it's like they had one really weird meeting at bad times at the rl and then they never went to anything else again but they love talking about movies together it's very strange mm, maybe if nope is still playing like we'll catch like a like a late showing Fuck, or something. i would go to i would go to a morning show of nope oh well actually when what's yeah actually i want to talk to you about that when are you yeah, in when are you in town Well, you guys can follow all of these antics at TWGTF Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at ET Critic for the Empty Theater Critic on Twitter and at Movie Loving Lucha 87. I'm actually posting stuff there. I'm going to the gym every day the G1 is on and just working out until the G1 matches are over. So it's been good. Been really sweaty recently. Don't really like it, but I, I think it's going in the right direction. Tyler, anywhere they can follow you? They can follow me into a law office where I will be making and eating peanut butter sandwiches and calling people cockroaches. And for TWGTF, two white guys talking film, I've of course been your host, Ben. I'm Roman J. Israel Esquire. And remember, guys, if you come to our little video box around the way just out front of that convenience store and you see a guy in like a very, very 70s suit walking around, well, he's probably just, you know, trying to get what's his. And, you know, also, too, he might be an Eternal because everybody looks like the Eternals. You know, anyone can be. God, that movie fucking sucked. Just do do a line from something. We are formed of frailty and error. Let us pardon reciprocally each other's follies. That is the first law of nature. Talking, 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 talking,